They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside. And Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Good evening and welcome to this end of season review from Always Look on the Bright Side Live. Tonight we're doing our end of season awards, the Golden Apples. Uh, I'm joined tonight by Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom and Anthony Gibson, who's able to join us uh, for this very special end of season awards. Uh, we're just uh, following on from the official awards tonight, so we'll just recap who won those if you, if you missed those. The Player in the Community Award went to Don Bess. Uh, Tom Lammerby won the champagne moment for his 107 not out against Worcester and Craig Overton scooped both the members and uh, play, members player of the year and the club player of the year award so gents uh, before we crack on have we all recovered from Sunday yes yes <laughs> bounce back bounce back ready for next season bloody yes <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the sour grapes in my mouth, the taste of sour grapes in my mouth hasn't quite gone yet, but it, it, it's going. It's definitely going. I think Anthony deserves a special mention, though, guys, because I listened to his comms on Monday, even though I couldn't sync it with the video. I'm sorry, on Wednesday, just to be there to morally support him having to deal with our friends Topley for the whole day. He did an absolutely <laughs> magnificent job. And I even sent him a picture of a bomb at one stage when he dropped the pitch conversation in. So well done, Anthony. I think you deserve an award for that. I quite enjoy working with Don Topley. I prefer him to the others. OK. Yeah, I mean, he is, he is, he is what he is, you know. And, and uh, What you see is what you get. Exactly. Yeah, he's an unashamed, unashamedly biased <laughs> in everything he says. I thought Essex to perhaps get stripped of the trophy after this incident with Fro's Cushy having the alcohol poured on it. You know, yeah. Clearly, you know, we should get the trophy now after that. I th well, I they should certainly get a twelve-point deduction next season. I think, yeah. I think yeah. they should get stripped of the trophy just by virtue of the fact that they didn't try and win the bloody game. That's what annoys me about it. But anyway, yeah, quite. they they settled for a draw from the moment they where they um, won the toss. Yeah, they won by technicality. Yeah, which is yeah. rather annoying. Right, let's crack on then. Um, I've. I haven't thought what we're going to do in the event in the event of a tie, so we might just have to jointly award uh, uh, some of these tonight. But the first one we're going to go for, we're going to start with a bit of negativity and then work ourselves up uh, to celebrate the season, is the What Were You Thinking Award of the Season. So uh, who should we start with on my screen first? Let's start with Dan tonight. He always goes second after Steve. So Dan, you can go first tonight. What was your brain fade of the year moment? <laughs> is this is this the top three you want or just, just the one? Um, well, should we start with our... I've only got one, actually, because I could only think of one. So if you've got three, start with your third and then work up to your uh, to your number one. Oh, well, my third one was more of a joke one, really. It was just uh, Jamie deciding to go to Surrey. But, uh, yeah, that's 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 not 100% a serious one. Uh, so the second one I had was, was Lewis choosing to bowl sail in the death overs of the... Uh, of the Gloucestershire match, which I, I, I can see why they did it, but it, it, I think pretty much every single Somerset fan was, you know, was thinking, what the hell are you thinking? Because I think every one of us would have bowled Gregory. So, 
that's my second one. And number one is just uh, Hildreth taking that run when getting run out and then pulling his hamstring in that match against Warwickshire. Could you, can, you, can you mention who called him through for that run, Dan? I know it's going to really stick in your throat. <laughs> it, was, it, was it, it was Eddie Byron. It was Eddie Byron, thank you. So to admit that, yeah. You're going, to, you're going for a nice guy, Eddie, for running out Hildy and yeah. tearing his hamstring in the process. Uh, Gibbo, what was yours? Yeah, well, <laughs> mine was um, Lewis Gregory, where I, I, I said on commentary before that, when, when we realised that he was going to ask Holly Sales to the line, over, I said it was bonkers, and it was bonkers. And it, you know, the captain should have bowled that last over. It was unfair on on the young lad. Um, you know, he'd been going at twelve and a half and over throughout the uh, throughout the tournament. And of course, then his first ball gets hit for six into the car park, and his last ball is whacked through mid wicket when they didn't have a mid wicket. When Tom Smith said afterwards, "I've already got one shot. That's to whack it through mid wicket." When I looked up and saw there wasn't a mid wicket, I thought, "Tom, you're in business here." <laughs> you, know, you couldn't bloody well make it up, but um, the uh, the Eddie Byron run out of James Hildreth runs it pretty close, because our, arguably it not only lost us that match, it also cost us the uh, Bob Willis Trophy. Because you know, with Hildy in the side last weekend, it could all have been different. There we go. It's been a, it's been like that though. This the whole the season has been peppered, particularly the T Twenty campaign with inexplicable decisions yeah. <laughs> yeah the batting order well the inflexibility of the batting order is, is oh. one of those which has kind of too broad a net to cast to, to find an individual example to uh, for the purposes of this award well it, Will Smith was the classic example you know Court, he's, a, he's a very talented young batsman but you don't put him in in number three in a, in a game of T20 cricket he's not that sort of batsman Barmy. Okay, so yours is Ollie Sale bowling that last over against Gloucester, yeah. or the decision yeah. to bowl Ollie Sale. Steve, how about yourself? Uh, I'm going for nice guy Eddie's running Hildy out. I yeah, think for the reasons, not just the the game, the T20 campaign, but the Bob Willis Trophy as well. Sorry, Dan, but we love Eddie <laughs> on here, but he gets the wrap on for me on this one. Yeah, that's mine as well. Uh, nice guy Eddie calling Hildy through for a suicidal single and Hildy tearing his. Uh, He's hammy in the process. Uh, so the, uh, the first golden apple of the evening for what were you thinking moment of the year goes to, sorry, it goes to uh, nice guy Eddie Byram for running out uh, running out James Hildreth and ripping his hammy in the process. I'm sure though that um, Eddie would have been the most apologetic man in the whole Southwest and will be washing Hildy's car for the next six weeks and, and babysitting <laughs> for the next two years just to try and make it up to him. So... Uh, He'll, he'll change his locker to the furthest away from Hildreth by the start of next season, I'd imagine. Well, that, that's assuming we're back in the dressing rooms and they're not stuck stuck up in the long room again. Do they disconnect the bar taps in the long room? Because that would be, so. be a dangerous game, wouldn't it? Having your It would have been a... 40 years ago, it isn't now. <laughs> I could just imagine in the days of Beefy, if Beefy was getting changed in the long room and the bar was disconnected, there'd be bloody hell to pay, wouldn't there? <laughs> Okay, so Eddie Byram winning the uh, uh, the what were you thinking moment of the year. What should we go for next? Should we get it out of the way and do the Tom Lamanby Award for Young Player of the Year sponsored by Tom Lamanby? Tom Lamanby for me. Should we do? Should we do our top threes in reverse, Steve? Do you want to kick on with this one? 
In reverse, I've gone for Ben Green. Yeah. I'm really impressed with him. I think he's shaped well. It is an easy opening in Championship cricket, and that innings on Saturday afternoon at Lords really showed well. I really, I've gone for Lewis Goldsworthy second. I know we only saw a little bit of him, but it was interesting what Gregory said on the the main awards earlier, how mature with his batting and how canny with his bowling, I think with his words. Uh, and then that young opening chap whose name I can't remember, the left-hander from Devon, who got a couple of hundreds here and there. Yeah, and also, um... guys, as as you all know, he and Tom Abel, the only two Somerset players I saw batting live when I was standing on the bridge, Priory Bridge Road, <laughs> looking over on the Sunday of the Gloucester it game. Was it? So, I wondered who it was. Until <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I got moved on by the constabulary, Anthony, yeah. <laughs> yeah, moved on by me. the constabulary for standing on a public road what were you up to Steve no, you were fully joking. clothed I'm at the joking. time I hope <laughs> no I think it was my wife that moved me on oh yeah they don't they don't understand do they yeah that was um, yeah my wife said oh this was the, the Sunday of the, the Gloucester friendly what, what do you want to do today in and I said well I want to go up and stand on the road and look at the game through the gap between the Ian Botham stand and the Colin Atkinson pavilion good vantage point she good just looked at me and, and walked off and then we ended up going to a garden centre um, young players of the year for you Dan yeah well I didn't include Ben Green I thought at the age of 23 he's been around for a while I didn't put him in my top three but um, so he didn't make it for that reason and then my number three was Will Smead instead partly through default because there's not really that many young youngsters players I define as a youngster but you know Smead you know, that innings against Gloucestershire you know showed a lot of promise so um, hopefully you know he's one who's and he's going to play a lot more in the future as well um, possibly you know next year more, or in all formats perhaps um, yeah and goals every second yeah I mean his debut was you know better than any of us expected I think that uh, very useful 38 against Glamorgan uh, in the T20 uh, batting with Babar um, it was a good fall for him and then his bowling as well in that in that same match um, you know he took a couple of wickets in the um, it was economical and it was quite economical in the other two games he played as well um, and yeah obviously the number one is Lamanby because yeah he was you know that second half of the Bob Willis trophy was just a complete revelation wasn't he like none of us were expecting it um and obviously, he did a right in the T20, handy bowler as well. So, yeah, really good start to his career. Same for you, Gibbo. Yeah, I'd go for uh, Lewis Goldsworthy uh, at three. I was very impressed with the way he batted at, um, at Cardiff, showing great maturity just to give Baba the Baba the strike and, you know, keep things ticking over, which was something that Will Smead couldn't, didn't seem able to do. Um, I'd actually go for George Bartlett for my uh, second Ooh, for that hundred he scored in the first innings against Gloucester. Whenever when wickets were falling all around, mm. we were we were in you know big trouble on that that first afternoon. Gloucester were well ahead, and it was George who carried us through. He seemed to be batting on a different pitch to uh, to everyone else, but um, obviously the number one, Tom Lamanby. I mean, what a lovely bloke as well. Mm. You know, he's he's, uh, he's a pleasure to uh, to interview. He's a pleasure. To, to watch, um, and I love the way he goes through the gears, mm. which he did at, did at Worcester. You know, keeping out the initial as assault, and then starting to move the scoreboard on, and then towards the end when he builds in confidence, really, you know, playing some glorious shots. I mean, the, those straight drives of his are wonderful to behold, and and the shot that he hits, the one that he went to his hundred 
with a, at New Road when he comes down the pitch and whacks him over wide wide mid on. I mean, it's it's not a slog. It's just a really really pure piece of batting, and uh, I think he's a very special talent. Yeah, I've gone mm-hmm. uh, I've gone for Tom as well as my my uh, my number one, and again I've gone for Lewis Goldsworthy in third, Ben Green in second. Um, I can't really say anything about the uh, Lewis that hasn't been uh, already said. Like I say, batted really well and bowled really well up at Cardiff. Um, ben Green, I was really impressed with the way he batted at Lords. He didn't get a score, but he didn't look out of his depth. He looked like he could bat time. He was batting with his with his mate from Exeter, which I think would help. Um, and obviously, seeing his mate from Exeter do it against Worcester. Um, I think that's a real benchmark for him to look and say, well, if Tom can do it, you know, next season, why can't I? So I think Ben Green has come on a lot this year. Um, I don't think he's looked out of his depth opening the batting and Green and Lamanby, unless England come calling for either of them, could be our opening partnership for potentially the next 15 years uh, or 20 if they want to go on as long as uh, Trez did. So congratulations to Tom Lamanby for securing the Tom Lamanby Player of the Year Award sponsored by Tom Lamanby. Young Player of the Year Award. Did I, did I say? Did I not say young player of the year? Sorry, young player no, of the year. You're getting so Tom Lamman beat out there. To, uh, he yeah. might well. He might be getting. A, he might win the big one. You never know, Steve. You never know. Okay, what Ooh. should we do next? Let's do the T20s next, and we'll start with your T20 individual performance of the year. Um, I'm going to start with me on this one. Uh, my number three is Lewis Goldsworthy against Glamorgan. Um, we've discussed it again, but he batted with great maturity knew he just had to give the strike to Baba and then kick on towards the end which is what he did for 38 not out and I'm thinking what do you get 2 for 24 just looking at the stats here yeah, 2 for 21 he got as well so um, yeah an excellent all round performance on debut as well uh, my number 2 is Baba's 100 in the same game um, for obvious reasons it was our only 100 of the campaign and uh, after a couple of low scores he was obviously keen to do really well uh, and he did but my number one is Tom Abel's uh, 74 against uh, 74 not out against Glamorgan where he just looked an absolute class act and I don't think I've ever seen a T20 innings with that higher strike rate played with just such crisp and fluent and brilliant and proper cricket shots and he just looked a world apart from any other batsman on display that night including James Hildreth who knew he just had to knock it around when Abe's was in such sublime form so my performance of the year Tom Abel 74 not out against Glamorgan somebody jump in next go on Gibbo ditto that's exactly the same order I've got Um, I would I'd add in Tom Lambie's um, innings. I think it was against the Birmingham Bears after after Hildreth had uh, torn his hamstring, oh. and we were miles behind behind the game. It looked a completely lost cause, and he came in. I can't remember how many he got. Forty odd from forty three or twenty, I think he got. Yeah, that's right. And and he almost snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And I thought that was a really mature innings. And also, I thought Will Smead for his uh, his innings against uh, against Gloucester under very difficult circumstances um, but um, Babarazam I, I think well, it would be a toss up for number one between Babarazam and, and Tom Abel I think I'd probably go with you Ian and give it to Tom because Babar was dropped twice mm-hmm. uh, you know once when he was I don't know 15 odd and once when he was in, in the 50s so he could have been out and uh, 
that innings of Tom Abel was a, you know very special. Yeah, I went um, Smead Smead third. Um, yeah, as, yeah, for the reasons we've already talked about. Uh, second was yeah, Goldsworthy again that debut performance against against Glamorgan. You know, probably the best all round performance of the tournament um, for us. And number one, I went with Baba. Um, partly, I went with that over Abel's because Baba Baba's was. I know he was dropped a couple of times, but obviously he scored more runs and he scored a good strike rate. And also just the fact that it was under a bit more pressure. You know, Abel Abel was under a little pre- a little bit of pressure when he came in, but Baba Baba came in. We were batting first for the first time in a while. We had just lost a few games. It was pretty. It was a must-win game, pretty much. Um, so I just think the pressure of that century and the way he batted with with goals where he, um, you know, puts him at number one for me. But you've been outvoted, Dan. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> with three votes to one, then, the T20 performance of the year, uh, Tom Abel, 74 not out against Glamorgan, an innings of just pure class is, is all I can say for that one. Right. Now, our individual Bob Willis trophy performance of the year. Oh, looks like where's Dan? Oh, he's back. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to go with that one, Dan? Your uh, Bob Willis Trophy performances of the year. Yeah. So number three. Um, well, I sort of had to choose one of the bowling performances. I just went with Craig Overton's uh, five for against Glamorgan. Uh, it was on that second morning of the mm. season, wasn't it? Um, we didn't we take any of the wickets the night before, but you know, Craig and obviously with Josh as well. You know, they really got stuck into them that morning and blew them away, really, didn't we? Um, so yeah, that's so Craig's five for comes third. Uh, second, I've gone with Byram Century um, in the final against Essex. Only just cause, so, uh, yeah, only second. <laughs> only second. Um, oh, just because it was your winner must be it wasn't your leg spin, Dan. Is that the winner? Your winner? <laughs> <laughs> um, that century was obviously none of us were really expecting it. You know, he's promoted up to number four. Um, he took a bit of time to settle in, I think, but you know, he scored fifty on that first day in between the rain. And then, you know, we got seven the next day again, got another 50, got to 100. And that was, you know, that basically kept our uh, first innings together, didn't it, really, that that century? Um, and, yeah, number one is the obvious one. It's Lamaby's mm-hmm. century against Worcestershire. I didn't actually see that much of it, but I just know from, um, you know, because I was out and about, but I just know from obviously hearing about it and watching the highlights and just following on my phone that, you know, he was, he stayed in, other wickets, you know, wickets were falling, but, you know, he, he was, obviously it was a gritty innings, you know, as Skibbo said, he went through the gears and um, yeah, it was, it was, it was the, such an important century against the best bowling attack um, that we played against in the group stage. Yep. You were there for that one, Gibbo. Has that made your top three? I would imagine it has. It, it has. Yes. I mean, that, that has to be number one. I mean, that, that made the difference between winning and losing. If it hadn't been for that century, we probably wouldn't have made the final because Worcester were bowling really, really well on a difficult pitch to to bat on. And he, you know, he really gusted out, and they, he left what he could, but they didn't, they, you know, didn't leave, um, didn't offer him much to leave, and he just kept defending, 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 and eventually wore the bowlers down and then took their full advantage. Terrific innings. Um, I think second, uh, any number of Craig Overton bowling performances. I thought he, you know, maybe the one at Northampton. I thought he he, he led the attack superbly um, throughout throughout the campaign. And then the other third equal would be Steve Davis and Jamie Overton for the, the stand there that, where they destroyed Warwickshire at Edgbaston. You know, with Steve getting a, a very elegant, classy, classical Steve Davis hundred. 
and Jamie Overton just whacking it all over the place. <laughs> it was it was great to watch, and and I'm just so sad that we won't see Jamie Overton in Somerset Colours um, next season. And you know you can't you can't blame him for wanting to uh, to go on to Surrey so that he can open the bowling and and put himself in the frame to be fit for England. But it's you know it's sad that he such an exciting cricketer. Someone who, who sort of personifies the spirit of Somerset cricket, and potentially, and potentially a bowler that, dare dare I say it, we could have done with on that last Sunday at Lords, oh, where the yeah. pitch was an absolute well, that was uh, enough, pancake. You know, if, if he hadn't been left out of the T20 game, he probably, probably would have played to the end of the season. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Sad. Can't live a life in the land of ifs and buts, Gibbo. No. Right, I've gone for in third place. I've gone for George Bartlett's hundred against Gloucester. Um, that came at a time when we were losing wickets at the other end. We could have potentially collapsed in a heap, but as you said, Gibbo, he would look like he was batting on another pitch. That's my uh, number three. Second, I've gone for Lewis's six foot in the Bob Willis Trophy final. Uh, just recently gone. Um, I think he got most of his wickets after. Well, a period where it looked like we were losing that game completely at 200 for one or 200 for two. And then he just came back, just kept fighting, just kept fighting, just kept fighting. Um, yeah. And to only concede a, a first thing as lead of 30, I thought that he was the main reason why that happened. So that's my second. And yes, obviously my first is the Tom Lammerby 100 against uh, uh, against Worcester. Um, I did watch most of that on the live stream. And as you say, Gibbo, he was just so mature so patient knew exactly what his game plan was and and stuck to it uh, as you say wore the bowlers down knew what gear to be in at the right time and it was just a fantastically mature knock from a 20 year old kid and you know it's it, it's something that international openers haven't mastered yet and and he was just he looked like he was born to do it he looked like he was born to open the batting in first class cricket and just had an innate sixth sense of what to do at the right time I guess that was your top as well, Steve. Or my yeah, I've, I've gone third, Lewis at Lords. <laughs> Second, I, I sounds like I'm copying, but I honestly wrote Craig for every time he bowled, and mm -hmm. Lamb and B Worcester, and that's really hard because you're leaving Lamb and B Lords out of that. But it just shows how many high quality performances we had. Yeah, absolutely. In the course of the season. So congratulations then to Tom Lammonby for the Bob Willis Trophy Performance of the Year for 107 not out against Worcestershire in a crucial game uh, to ensure qualification for that Lords final. I think we've lost Gibbo. I'm sure we'll be back unless he's got bored and wants to go and do something else. Right, which one should we crack on to next then? Let's do our sparkling cider moment of the year. Do you want to uh, do you want to kick us off with this one, Steve? Or I mean, as many as yeah. you've got, really, don't necessarily okay. need well, to be. Well, I've got three. I've got three. My in reverse order. Mentioned it again, but Anthony said the way Tom Lambert went to his hundred at Worcester for mm -hmm. me that was third. The way Jamie went to his hundred at Edgbaston that just uh, just made me feel so so happy. But my one was Jack Brooks' run out in the uh, after tea at Northampton when they were 40, 50 odd for one and out of nowhere he produced a run out and then 
as as people know, I do this thing where if we're not losing wicket, taking wickets, I go for a walk. And by the time I got back, they were seven down. So I'm going to give it to Jack Brooks for the run out. And because I think poor Jack gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes as well. And he's one of my favourite players. I'm going to have to admit I've missed that one, Steve. Probably with all the cricket you get, to, you have to watch in the season to have an mm. encyclopedic memory yeah. of, of what happened when. So I, I missed that one, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. That was a bit special. I think Gibbo's back. Gibbo, we're just doing our sparkling cider moment of the year. So, which was well, your... there's only there's only one one champagne sparkling mm. cider moment of the year, and that's Tom Tom Lambie's six to go to hundred at. Uh, at New Road, it was a, it was a fantastic shot to crown a tremendous innings and uh, match-winning innings as well. And it sort of it's it just sort of was it put a stamp on the authority that he had developed during the course of that innings over, over the Worcestershire. That was a wonderful moment. Really enjoyed that. And there were some there were some great catches as well. Um, some. Fa- Fantastic uh, grabs in the slips by Jamie Jamie Overton, Craig Overton, and um, the, you know James James Hildreth, uh, one of the must be just about the best first slip in the country. Mm-hmm. Cool, Dan, your sparkling cider moments moments of the year. Yep. So um, number three, I've gone with um, specific moment of when Josh Davy got Josh Shaw LBW. Uh, it was at the end of the first day against Gloucestershire. Um, we, that was to make them nine for four, and I just thought that moment just summed up our experience, <laughs> the Bob Willis Trophy group stage for Somerset, particularly day ones. You know that that day was two, three, seven all out after a top order collapse, and then you know century for Bartlett runs for Jack Brooks, and then to just take we got four wickets at the end of the day to make them thirteen for four, and I think just yeah, it was just that that, that was one of those moments which you know on a you know, we were all sat at home on a Saturday watching it on the stream. It's just, you know, it's one of those great moments when, you know, to make Gloucester 13 before, you know, in that short period was great. Um, number two was the moment play, so same game, the moment the play restarted on day four, because I don't yeah. think anyone, after that rain, none of us were expecting um, any any play on that day. But the ground staff obviously put in, you know, it was a sensational effort from them, you know, getting all the extra sheeting as well. And then I think probably being up, you know, as soon as the rain stopped, they were on it, weren't they? I think. Um, and in the end, obviously, it was a bit of an anticlimax that the, the, the conclusion of that match. But just the moment play we started was just a relief, especially after the previous week, the Edge Baston um, washout. Uh, number one, it was the last wicket against Worcestershire in the um, in the Bobbleist Trophy. Uh, it was uh, Ben Cox caught by Davis off the bowling of Davy. That had been a pretty tense day, um, particularly was it Cox and Leach? I think with that partnership that got them close. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was a good day's cricket to watch. Um, and yeah, just the moment that we we got, you know, that we secured um, our pace in the final. That's my number one. Cool. I've got three completely different ones actually. Um, my third is uh, Roloff van der Merwe's double wicket maiden against Glamorgan, which are rare as hen's teeth in in T Twenty. Um, I'd get Roloff in there just because uh, I, mean, I love him as a cricketer. It was Glamorgan, though. It was Glamorgan. It's still a double wicket maiden in a T20 giver, which uh, I'm not going to take that. Away. I'm not going to take that away from Roloff. Um, my second was uh, the court and bowl that Josh Davy took in the T20 against Worcester, the one that was on the, on the telly. Um, he just died full mm-hmm. length uh, across the other side of the pitch, and my number one 
sparkling cider or nearly called it a champagne moment I got sued my sparkling cider moment of the year is the Abe scoop uh, it's yeah. Worcestershire where uh, didn't Tom... see that one coming <laughs> <laughs> well that, I asked him what he's called it so we're calling it the Abe scoop where um, not just the extraordinary nature of it because if you if you didn't see it Abe just went to play or he premeditated um, a regulation scoop if you can call a scoop regulation against sort of 80 mile an hour bowling and then the bowler dug in a slower ball bouncer, pretty wide of the off stump. Abe's has changed his shot and he's played it with the bat completely the wrong way round, vertically, and he's hit it over where first slip would have been for four, almost straight beyond the wicketkeeper. Um, but not just the extraordinary shot. For me, that is a microcosm of Tom Abel's. In that very moment, his progression as a T20 batsman to potentially mm -hmm. be someone who should, I think, be on... Uh, on England's radar, I know they've you know, they've got a stacked middle order in that T20 and one day side, but for me, just that thinking on his feet, the ability just to manipulate the ball in that uh, in that direction um, was just incredible. So that's my uh, sparkling cider moment of the year, the Abe scoop. So I think we've got a four-way tie here. Uh, <laughs> we've seen Jack Brooks's run out uh, at Wantage Road. Uh, Tom Lammerby six to go to 100 against Worcester. The last wicket against Worcester, which I can still remember, Gibbo, with that gravelly caught behind. And, uh, and the Abe scoop. So uh, a four-way tie between those. Um, it's a good job we're not actually shelling out for real trophies or that we're costing us a fortune. Moving on then. Shall we do next? the let's do the reason I love Somerset Award so this uh, listeners is something I asked the guys to think about a moment or a few moments that have happened during the season where you've you've watched it or listened to it on the radio or, or read it in an article and gone do you know what that makes me bloody proud to be a Somerset fan or a Somerset <laughs> member and it makes me proud and we do things the right way at our club so Steve what was yours uh, really easy. He is my probably one of my three most favourite Somerset players in my many, many years of watching. He's our current captain. And his interview after the game at Lords, that to me is what it makes me emotional just thinking about it now. He's had to do that. He had to do it last year. He fronts up and you can see how much it means to him. And I think you know, he's a Taunton boy like me. He he is just he's just a wonderful young man. And to think he's he is clearly the leader of this group now at such a young age. But then when you see it hurt so much, and every evening we were doing the podcast, and every evening you said on the, the last one we were a support group, and then you <laughs> see Tom Abel's words, and it just makes me realise I don't think any other county's got a captain like him. And I don't think any other county's got supporters like us who feel that. And I, I honestly say that without being impartial. And that, that's what makes me proud, love being a Somerset supporter. Cool. Was it just the one for that one, Steve? Or did you have any... Uh, yeah, any that's, I, there's no, that's it for me, because I, I don't want to give any other nominations. Okay. Dan? Um, yeah, my number three was the same. Yeah, Tommy was interviewed after Lords. Yeah, you could just hear how, emo how emotional he was, you know, how much it meant to him, you know, and obviously the disappointment in his voice. Um, 
Number two, I was surprised Steve didn't say this one, actually. You've mentioned it before. Uh, was it, I can't remember if it was Jamie and Craig or maybe Brooks was involved when they were pushing the cover, the picture of them pushing the cover yeah. against yeah. Gloucestershire. Um, yeah, that's just one of those little moments that makes you realise, you know, how much the players love love playing for Somerset and love winning for Somerset. Um, number one is actually a moment in a match. It was just the um, first day of the season, uh, Steve Davis and Jack Brooks' partnership um, against Glamorgan. They put on 107. Just because you know, that was obviously the first day of cricket after the months of lockdown, the months of nothing, you know, no cricket at all. Um, you know, we had a, hadn't had a great start to the match, but it's just, you know, we were all at home watching it. And it's just, you know, one of those moments that, you know, just reminds you that, you know, it just reminds you that cricket is back and it's great. You know, pretty much uh, the fact that, you know, it was just classic, you know, Jack Brooks, you know, smashing it everywhere. Got lucky maybe a couple of times. Uh, Steve Davis batted well, you know, gracefully as he does. Um, so it was just a nice moment, nice moment after all those months of lockdown, really, after um, with no cricket. Gibbo, what about yourself? Well, I think um, the great thing about Sunset Cricket at the moment, and particularly this season, is the way that we've brought the young players on. You know, the fact that it is now a team of, of local West Country boys. So, I mean, my, my three... Um, most memorable moments are actually interviewing three of those young West Country boys, Tom Lamonby several times, Ben Green uh, and and Lewis Goldsworthy as well. But perhaps most of all, Will Smead, after he scored those runs against uh, against Gloucester, uh, someone asked him, it was Richard Latham asked him, uh, I think, uh, you know, um, how long have you been involved with Somerset cricket? And he said, well, I played my first game of of cricket for Somerset age group when I was eight for <laughs> the under 10s does that and mean he's he doing a testimonial this year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he said I'm I'm Somerset through and through you know and he is Somerset through and through and I thought you know how wonderful to be able to to bring on such a talented cricketer such a nice young man and such a he's, he's a very bright bloke as well is 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 Will Smead and I thought you know that, that to me is what county cricket is all about. Having players who come from your county, who've been brought up through your county system. You know, they are, they are all right, half of them are from Devon, but never mind. You know, they're, they're West Country boys and they play for each other. And that to me is the, is the best thing about Somerset cricket at the moment. Yeah, I'll go with that. Um, so my, I've actually got four. My, um, my third is, um, as Dan said, um, the players assisting in the ground, clear up, pushing the covers on in the Gloucester game. Um, my second is not really a reason I love Somerset, but a curse that you're kind of um, um, learning to bear is uh, coming second again and going unbeaten in a competition and not winning it, <laughs> which is a very... <laughs> Scoring Somerset. more points than anybody else as well. Yeah, a very Somerset thing to do. Um <laughs> Uh, my second is the I've just put in it. I didn't quite know how I would uh, would phrase this, and I've just put general T Twenty live stream shenanigans with Charlie Taylor and, and Steve Snell. I thought they those two looked like they're having a a great time uh, together on the live streams uh, for the T Twenty games. Um, but my number one, as you said, Gibbo, is is the fact that we have got a side stacked with young talent from all over the with the West Country, which is is homegrown and is talented as well that's that's the thing which is so incredible you sometimes will have players you know like you say Tom Lamanby coming in is a completely unknown factor in first class cricket and going on and 
and scoring, you know, averaging fifty, scoring three hundreds. Mm-hmm. One of them in the Lords final is is just incredible. So we must be doing something right with these with these kids for them to all come in. I don't think anybody's not had what you might term success. Will Smee got an eighty odd. Lewis Goldsworthy, you know. Ollie Sale was the leading wicket taker in the T20s. Ben Green batted really well at Lords. So they've all had success. He was uh, four for against Glamorgan in that T20 as well. So they've all come in and they've all tasted success, which I think is brilliant and is a, a testament to what Steve Snell is doing in the academy and then what Jason Kerr is doing with them when they um, when they graduate to the first team. So by two votes to one to one, the Golden Apple for, uh, let's call it the Somerset Pride Award, is uh, the talented young players uh, the local young players that we are bringing through. Right, let me just write that down so I don't forget. Okay. We're on to the serious business now of players of the year in red and white ball cricket. Should we start with our top three for the blast players of the year with you, Steve? Uh, in third place, Lamon B. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because he did play, Anthony mentioned the, the innings against Warwickshire, but he opens in the one day and he seems to be developing into a bit of a finisher mm-hmm. uh, and I like that um, second Tom Abel because I was a couple of years ago if you asked me I would not have seen Tom Abel having any part to play in the T20 side and I think he now bats in that pivotal position and I can see next season maybe Hildy not playing so much T20 and Abel's ready to take that mantle but for me Max Waller is my T20 player of the year I, I scribbled down, Dan would be proud of me, I scribbled <laughs> down his analyses and his most expensive spell of bowling was one for 31 against Glamorgan. Mm. Um, just phenomenal. 18, 19, 18, 21, 24, 24, 27, 13, 31. Okay, he didn't pick up a huge number of wickets, uh, but when you consider what he contributes in the field as well, I mean, he is... I, I would pay a lot of money to watch him and Tom Abel field in the T20 game and not watch anything else because it's just absolute joy to watch. So for me, Max Waller. Yeah, he did drop a catch this year though uh, in one of the games which brought great delight to Steve Snell in the commentary box because he said he's he's got a signed photo of Max on his desk because something along the lines of, if it's in the air, it's out, signed Max Waller. So yeah, he took great... Uh, well, not enjoying the fact that Somerset had dropped a catch and uh, <laughs> not taken a wicket but uh, just uh, Max Waller's uh, confidence slightly getting the best of him yeah Max Waller uh, eight wickets uh, economy rate of incredibly 6.23 um, averaging 26 and a half for the ball so Steve you've gone for Max Waller Dan who's your man of the uh, the season for T20 yeah there wasn't really much choice I thought it's quite a difficult one because it's sort of best of a bad budge really Uh I mean, that's a bit harsh, but Gabriel's arms number three, you know, that century against Glamorgan, a couple of other useful innings. He was probably our best batsman, to be honest. I mean, I suppose Tom Abel was all right, but I've gone with Baba. Um, number two, I've gone with Max because, yeah, he was, he was so, like, I think this is probably his most economical season ever in T20. Went at 6.23 and over. Just from memory, I think he usually goes in the sevens. So this is probably his most economical season he's had. And yeah, his fielding was, uh, apart from that drop catch, his fielding was up to standard as always. And number one, I've actually gone with Roloff because he was he was economical as ever. He was the one who, he had 41 against North Ants to keep us in the game. He also, he also had a few runs against uh, Worcester, Ace Baston, uh, against Warwickshire uh, at home. 
Um, so I just thought for his all-round performances, um, and he was probably the one who's most informed with the bat at times in the, in the tournament um, for us. So I've, I've gone with Roloff as my C20 player of the year. Gibbo, do you concur? Uh, I'd go for um, Max as my player of the year, but I'd, I'd have Roloff in there as well and uh, and Tom Abel. And um, I'd, I'd, go for, I'd go for Max for exactly the reasons that, that Steve set out he bowled, he bowled brilliantly he's, he's a jack-in-the-box in 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 the field and um you know if it's just a just a pity one or two, one or two of the others can't learn from max as to how to bowl in t20 cricket craig overton prime <laughs> the prime example you know well i was <laughs> i was looking at the stats for this and i can't quite get over his, his career economy rate it's it's in the tens it's 10.5 something yeah. like that it was 9.2 this year so as long as he stick, as long as he takes stacks of wickets in the red ball, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Yep. My top three, I've gone uh, Tom Abel at three, um, who's the leading run scorer. I've gone for Max Waller, um, again for all the reasons that have been outlined before. The incredible economy rate, um, always bowling that over in the power play. What I love about Max Waller opening the bowling is, you would think it's something that you would do as a surprise tactic every now and again to chuck a leg spinner on first up and we do it every game and he generally the amount of times he'll go for you know he'll get one for seven three. in that first he'll over he'll go for three or four quite often in yeah that exactly so it, it, it's it's incredible that he manages to do that in the power play um, but my number one um, this won't come as a surprise to you is uh, Roloff van der Merwe uh, so unfortunately we've got a tie um, yeah I just love the way he plays cricket I think he's ideally suited for the energy of T20 he's just uh, a little you know a jack in the box type player he just uh, he's so full of enthusiasm and, and vim and vigour um, bowled 29 overs only worked for 7.2 which isn't bad in T20 uh, by any stretch of the imagination and his runs down the order I think he could have quite easily come up a place or two in the order um, 127 runs uh, his highest of 41 and his strike rate which is the the best for me is 176.38 which was second only by a point to Tom Lamanby so um, not only getting runs but getting them quickly so we have a tie our joint T20 players of the year are Max Waller and Roloff van der Merwe so congratulations guys and now we move on to the Bob Willis Trophy player of the year Gibbo who were your top three in descending? Was it descending or ascending order? Starting with number uh, three. Ascending order. Um, Josh Davy at number three. Mm -hmm. uh, he bowled really, really well. Um, obviously in tandem with Craig Overton. I'd go for Tom Lamanby at number two for the three centuries. And I'd go for Big Craig as the number one. Uh, he led the attack superbly. Um, he was a, aggressive, accurate, fast, threatening, you know, whatever. And, and he, he was relentless. Um, and, he, and he set an example that the others followed re really well. And he scored some, some very useful runs, 50-odd uh, against uh, North Ants when, you know, that, that game wasn't going too well uh, at, at the time. And then at Lords, two very, very valuable innings and showed great application, determination, common sense, skill, you know. He's 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 a he's a an international class all rounder mm -hmm. now is is Craig Overton. Mm -hmm. I think he's he's been given a um, fast bowling contract 
by the ECB central contract mm-hmm. for, for next year and he, and he thoroughly deserves it. I think he's he's had an outstanding Bob Willis trophy. Yep. 100% agree with that. Um, I've gone exactly the same order as you. Uh, Josh uh, Davey in third, Tom Lamanby in second and Craig, um, <laughs> Craig Overton uh, is winning the prize for me. Um, any other season, Tom Lamanby would have won it hands down but just the way that we've all, we've got a, almost a different Craig Overton a new and improved Craig Overton um, yeah. more streamlined he's a yard quicker um, as you say Gebo he's now a, a genuine all-rounder I don't think he you can say he's a bowler that bats anymore um, you know really sitting and watching him in bat in, uh, particularly in that first innings at Lords with Eddie Byram um, we talked about Tom Lowenby going through the gears but I think Craig just showed great application he, he knew um for a guy that you'd associate with long levers and hitting the ball into the stands there wasn't any of that um he just batted properly he got on with the job and knew what he needed to do uh, for his team which was batting a partnership with, with eddie for as long as possible so yeah um i've gone with craig as well uh dan same order or different order? yeah exactly the same yeah <laughs> i mean just, just revelation wasn't he this season i mean it wasn't a total surprise he showed signs last season i think but yeah, this year opening the bowling, you know, leading the attack with Craig, you know, yeah, he was he was brilliant, and um, yeah, and second they've gone with with Lamanby. I I am Denard. I nearly put Lamanby first, simply partly because I thought Craig, you know, Craig and Lamanby both exceeded expectations. I thought Lamanby probably exceeded expectations more than Craig from the from the starting point, but I still thought that Craig, yeah, the way as Gibbs said, the way Craig led the attack, um, and and you know his batting as well. You know that puts Craig number one for me. And yeah, with, with Lamaby number two. Is it full house, Steve? It is, but I, I just would like to mention Jamie because I think all mm. that uncertainty the day before the season started. I remember sitting in a neighbour's garden and seeing the news break and thinking, oh, no. And I think the fact that he showed so much application and contributed so much. You know, um, and as Anthony says, it's his, his pace made a difference quite often. So I'd like to give him an honourable mention because mm-hmm. it must be tough when you know you're going somewhere else. Um, Tom Lamaby, yeah. Uh, the difference for me between the top two was that Craig probably was instrumental in us winning or nearly winning all five of the group games. Mm-hmm. And Lammers, Lammers was instrumental in us winning the most important one, I agree. But you know, it's a hundred against Gloucestershire. Well, we could have we could have won the game without us batting a second time there. Not to not to demean a first class hundred, but for me, uh, you you both know that I love Craig's aggression. I love the way he keeps coming, and I I just think that the most impressive thing for me is he's put on an extra yard yard and a half of pace, and he's gained control as well. Mm. And anyone who's tried to bowl anything at cricket and tried to go away over winter to get stronger, fitter and come back, that isn't easy. And at his level, the elite level, that's a heck of an achievement. So uh, it was it was really funny and watching the, the awards, I did laugh because the big reveal of who's going to be winner, they had the PCA MVP award sitting on the table. They sort of gave it away a bit as well, which made me laugh but how can you not give it to the guy who's the PCA's most valuable player and that's done on stats which I think Dan probably does the algorithms for that so yeah every Craig every time and, and thank you Craig for a wonderful season 
And of course, one thing that we um, we haven't mentioned about Craig, we talked about his batting and his bowling, but he's slip catching as well. Oh, brilliant! Just brilliant. incredible yeah. that suicide slip at Lords, where he's you know virtually stood where he'd be for a spinner, mm. was was just incredible. So he's like Marcus say, was telling him to walk in though at that point, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> Mr. Truscothic's got older, but I don't think he's got any more mature. So we're done then. Congratulations, Craig Overton. Unanimous choices, the Golden Apple winner of our Bob Willis Trophy Player of the Year. And I think, if my spreadsheet is correct, that is our last award. So, gents, do we have any uh, any reflections on, on the season? How do we... We all, I mean, we all know the stats. We all know the numbers. We all know what happened. It was finishing second in a drawn game against Essex, where we had the had the best of it, arguably, and uh, them not winning the game and, and taking home the trophy. Um, Do you think we're in a better I'll, place? I'll start. Go on, Steve. I'll start then. I, I, people who read my stuff know how much my dad meant to me. He's the reason why I got into Somerset cricket at such a young age. And I remember when we went to Lords in 78 and he told me, absolutely treasure this because you're a Somerset supporter and these occasions don't come round very often. And yes, it's horrible coming second when you clearly are the better team. And as Anton said earlier, trying to win these things. But we are so lucky to be watching this team. And four times in the last five years, we've come second. We... we we're there or thereabouts in every competition and this was is with a young team and you know i'm just so proud of them and it's just a pleasure to watch them to listen to anthony talk about them to write about them and long long may it continue (laughs) couldn't agree more steve dan yeah your reflections on the season same sentiments as steve really yeah i mean it's it, I, we didn't think we'd get much cricket at all, if any cricket. In the end, the two minutes we had were great fun. You know, those, just those sort of, those Saturdays and Sundays, particularly, me and my family were obviously watching the game, gathered around the TV, um, you know, after the misery of lockdown and whatever, you know, it's just, it was really enjoyable watching Somerset dominate these teams, even though obviously these teams were, you know, the teams we played in the group stage were generally far inferior to Somerset, but that just made it great fun to watch us demolish them every week, pretty much. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's a, they're, they're clearly a great bunch of lads. Like most, every single one of them is is a like is likable. Um, and yeah, long may this sort of success continue. Well, relative success, and hopefully it becomes more trophies in the years to come. But it's just great that we you know we got to treasure this, as Steve said, because this is a this is one of some of its best ever teams, isn't it? Really, when you compare it to some of the teams we've had in the past, um, so we've got to treasure it. Hope they improve, and well, hope hope the youngsters you know kick on. Hope they hopefully we'll win some trophies in the next few years yeah I think the season that we've had we like you say we didn't think we were going to get any cricket at all I'm just looking at the club now and from Gordon Hollings at the top Andy Hurry Jason Kerr Tom Abel everybody that's in a position I don't look at anybody playing wise or or on the administrative or coaching side of things and think oh he's a bit useless he's not doing his job we need to get rid of him I think everyone in key positions at the county ground is is the right person for the job especially Ben Moran and they're all doing a great job and, and looking at what we've got I think I don't think there's anything that is really 
poised to go wrong, if you see what I mean. Okay, we, we, we need to re-sign players to contracts and obviously the financial situation with COVID is is sort of on a knife edge, but I'm not looking at it and thinking, oh, he's a disaster waiting to happen. I'm very confident about where the club is. The age range um, or the age profile we've got of players is a really healthy one. There's nobody, possibly with the exception of James Hildreth and Steve Davis, that will be coming to the end of their careers in the next in the next season or two. Um, so I think the club is in a really, really healthy position. Um, certainly compared to a lot of other clubs, we don't reply, uh, rely on coal packs or overseas. Um, I'm just so confident and so happy with where the club could be in the next four, five, six years. Um, yeah, I'm really happy to be a Somerset supporter at the moment. Um, and it's bringing warmth to my heart telling you all that what about yourself Gibbo to finish us off for the evening um, well I, I was going to I almost described this season as short but sweet uh, and it did have its golden moments but I think short but bittersweet might be uh, a slightly more ac accurate characterisation uh, bittersweet really on uh, on um, two main grounds the first is the departures of Jamie Overton and Don Bess, which, you know, for very good reasons, but it's still sad to see those two, two young lads who've grown up in Somerset cricket uh, go on. Um, and secondly, the, the Vitality Blast campaign, where it didn't honestly make a great deal of sense to me, where they spent what was presumably a very large amount of money in hiring Babra Zam. And then alongside him played a largely experimental team, you know, which involved batting Will Smead at three to see how he got on. You know. And Ollie Sale to be to be the death bowler. And I don't know, it just didn't seem to me that the, the they were really trying all that hard. It, you know, but and and they should have qualified for the quarterfinals. They've got a strong enough side to, to do. So that was a that was a disappointment. But um the Bob were, and of course the other bittersweet element was losing, was not winning at Lords <laughs> yeah. to Essex, you know, <laughs> being stuffed by Essex uh, again. But no, I mean, uh, you know, it's great to have cricket. Shame there weren't any crowds. Some wonderful performances, and what the, what was best of all about the season was the way Somerset's young players came through. They were given the chance, and they took it with both hands. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been a memorable season for all sorts of reasons, <laughs> but at least one of those reasons is a cricketing one. Amen to that, Gibbo. Absolutely. Um, cool. How long have we done? We've done nearly an hour, gents. It's flown by. Do we have any other business? No. Everyone's shaking me. their heads down the Zoom at me. Brilliant. Well, um, I think that's us done for the season, guys. Um, right. We may pop something out during the cold winter months if uh, if something crops up that we fancy having a chat about. But, um, yeah, just want to say thank you to everyone for listening and uh, supporting the podcast. It uh, it's really appreciating and it does mean a lot to listen to our little uh, amateur cricket podcast i'm sure the first thing we're going to talk about uh, when it comes out over the winter is the domestic structure for 2021 that's will probably be our first topic uh, of a winter discussion series but for steve tancock dan kingdom and anthony gibson i'm ian shepherd thanks again for listening to always look on the bright side of life winter well and we'll catch you very very soon